Let's pray together. God, open our eyes to empathy, curiosity, and humility, that we might be generous and compassionate toward others and ourselves. In Jesus' name, amen. A few years ago, my older daughter Grace asked me, Dad, if you had a time machine, would you choose to go back to the past or skip ahead to the future? It was such a simple question. I was surprised at how hard it was to answer it. Would I go back to the past to relive those things I have already known about with all of its highs and lows? Or would I jump ahead into some time down the road with no guarantee that the future would be better or worse than now or what the journey would be like to get there? I wonder how you would answer that question. In William McCaskill's book, What We Owe the Future, he says that every culture on earth thinks about the future as being in front of us and the past as being behind us. Every culture, that is, except one. For the Aymara, an indigenous people in Bolivia and Peru, they think about the future as behind them and the past as being in front of them. When they think about an event in the past, they point ahead. And when they think about a possibility in the future, they point their thumbs behind their back. Now, how does that make sense to them? Because they recognize that the past is the only thing that they can see with clarity. Not so with the future. We don't have eyes on the back of our heads. We can't see the future clearly. The Aymara would say that in a way, all of us are walking backwards into the future. This is all to say that when it comes to being stuck in the past or trying to predict the future, the best way to live, perhaps the only way to live, is to focus on the present moment, which is the only thing we can know for sure. That's where the book of Proverbs comes in along with the other wisdom literature books of Job, Psalms, Ecclesiastes, Song of Solomon. They don't focus on the past, like the history books of Kings and Chronicles before them, nor do they talk about the future, like the books of the prophets after them. Instead, in this third week of our series, The Art of Hearing God's Voice, we learn from Proverbs the value of focusing on the present moment and moving into the unknown of the future just one step at a time. It's a point captured most succinctly and most famously in our scripture reading for today, Proverbs 3, 5 and 6, which calls us to trust in the Lord with all our hearts, to not lean on our own understanding, but in all our ways, acknowledge him and he will direct our paths. When it comes to hearing God's voice to discern our future, we should only worry about the next faithful step that God has given us to take and not worry about steps two or three or 10 or even the final outcome until God has revealed the next step to take. This is what it means to not lean on our own understanding. We take the next step in God's pace, in God's time. Living this way is not easy, as you well know. We want to know what the future holds. But as the Aymara people have said, we cannot see what lies ahead. So that's when faith steps in to give us the courage and confidence to move 
even though we cannot see the final destination. Author Philip Yancey once put it this way, faith means believing in advance what will only make sense in reverse. And when we are facing what feels like an impossible situation or a very difficult decision or whatever is making the future so daunting, the best way to strengthen our faith and lean not unto our own understanding is to take things one faithful, trusting step at a time. When I think about times when I have had to remind myself to trust in God one step at a time, I've often thought about that iconic scene in the third Indiana Jones movie, The Last Crusade. Indy is in search of the legendary Holy Grail, the cup used by Jesus in the Last Supper. After entering a cave, he comes to the edge of a cliff with a, a wide, deep chasm separating him from the other side. And he realizes that the distance is too great for him to jump. And he says out loud, it's a leap of faith. He then hears the voice of his father behind him, struggling from an injury, saying to Indiana Jones, you must believe, boy. You must believe. And then with the suspenseful crescendo of John Williams' famous musical score, Indiana picks up his left foot, leans out over the cliff, and finds himself landing on an invisible stone bridge midair, which was only illuminated when he was courageous enough to take just the next step in front of him. Whatever we are trying to discern, we are called to take just the next faithful step in front of us, and not worry about step two or three until God is ready to show it to us. It's not a matter of seeing is believing. When it comes to the art of hearing God's voice, believing is seeing. What that means is that we don't control the timing of when the next step will be revealed, but it is in those moments of waiting, in between steps, that the most important work of faith occurs. Our faith is not just demonstrated in the courage to take the next step when it's time. Our faith is stretched in between the steps, in those spaces when our faith is most tested. This past week, I saw a picture on social media of a sign in front of the First Baptist Church in Newton Center, Massachusetts. It's a large banner with a series of letters jammed together that reads two different ways, depending on how you see it. God is now here, or God is nowhere. Those are two very different ideas. When I first saw the picture, I thought, wow, whoever's in charge of signage at that church just blew it. But then I realized the deeper, more profound point. Where and how you observe the space in your life determines when and how you notice God's presence. The space in your life matters. Just as it does in this church sign. Those moments in between the steps of our journey are not a time for panic. It's not a time to passively do nothing, nor is it a time to pursue distractions and diversions. The in-between spaces are a time of faith building, of watching and praying and discerning and trusting. To look for confirmation, perhaps, that the path that you're on continues to be the one God wants for you. Or to look for holy speed bumps 
that indicate that God's timing is a little slower than you expected or wanted. Or to look for detour signs that show that God wants to nudge you in a slightly different direction than you were thinking. Or to simply pull over and rest for a moment to clear your mind and heart so that God can silence all voices except for God's voice. And then, and only then, God will show you the next step when you are called to take it. This is what it means to live by faith, one step at a time. Some of you know that back in 2018, my father was diagnosed with cancer of the bladder. It was a surprising diagnosis given that there's not a lot of history of cancer on my father's side of the family. After a series of tests and meetings with oncologists, my father had a difficult decision to make about the course of treatment that he would choose to follow. My mother, my two brothers, and I knew that the ultimate decision was his, and we would honor whatever treatment path he sensed was best for himself. In that in-between time, between diagnosis and next step, I had a candid conversation with him in which he said to me, McGray, I'm ready for my faith to be tested. It's a beautiful and amazing thing to hear. In addition to weighing the pros and cons of the different treatment options and in addition to processing all the information from the doctors, he was using his in-between space to fortify his faith he knew that even when the next step was revealed, there would be more steps to take after that. And rather than worry about what those steps might be or where this would ultimately lead, he just wanted to make sure his faith was strong, that his ability to discern God's spirit was clear, and that he was taking moments to breathe and not worry about the things he could not control. Now, four years later, my dad is on the other side of his cancer treatment, tackling new health challenges as they come, just as he has throughout his life, one doctor's visit at a time, one test and result at a time, one ache and pain at a time, one gifted day and breath and beautiful moment with family at a time. His faith has been tested, and he is learning to walk backwards into the future, sight unseen, one faithful step at a time. I think about my dad today, not just because of his demonstration of faith these last four years, but because in 1978, when I was five years old, he gave me my first Bible as a Christmas present. It's brown, bonded leather, King James Bible that he purchased by redeeming S&H green stamps in St. Petersburg. When he came home and gave it to me, I opened it to notice that he had written an inscription just for me. It reads, Dearest McGray, may you make his words in this holy book your guide in life from this day and here on. And then at the bottom, he wrote the words to Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not into thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him and he shall direct thy paths. And then he signed it, Daddy. May your faith stretch and grow even as it is tested that you might hear God's voice to take the next step when it's time and to be faithful in the in-between moments to trust the Lord 
with all your heart. Let's pray. Gracious and ever-present God, thank you for walking with us one step at a time. Open our eyes and our ears to hear your voice and to trust you to take the next step in whatever we're facing. And in those sacred, liminal, in-between times, strengthen our faith, teach us to trust, help us acknowledge you as you direct our paths. In Jesus' name, amen.